If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash goodfootball and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash goodfootball, G-O-O-D-F-O-O-T-B-A-L-L. Thanks for your help. Hello, friends, you beautiful people of the internet, and welcome to the Road Football Podcast. As you know, it is the most important podcast in the universe. We're here. It's week one. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us throughout the offseason. Thank you for purchasing the draft guide on rotorworld.com slash draft guide. Thank you for tuning in to all of our great YouTube videos and podcasts and all that good stuff when all the guys were here during our Roto World Week a few weeks ago, but now we're here. We're looking forward until the week one matchups, and each and every week we have to start off with Raymond Summerlin. Ray has already written his waiver column for week one, even though there are no games to go on. So if you are drafting in the near future ahead of Thursday, or if you've already drafted even like a month ago and want to improve your team ahead of opening night, opening weekend, then read Ray's column. Ray, how are you? Living the dream, trying to take advantage of these last these last few moments before we we dive in for 16 weeks. It is like 94 degrees today, wow. um, which is awful. And I've been writing scripts for 30 to 40 videos today and while watching Harry Potter. So I don't think I'm the only one in the universe doing that, or maybe I am. One of those things sounds really good. <laughs> Tell me which is your least and which was your favorite of the Harry Potter movies. Obviously, the books are better than all of them, but give me the movies. I never read the books because I I, th- I believe we what? talked about this before. I read nonfiction and I get my fiction oh. through video. That's just the way I've always been. So I, I never read the books. Of the movies, um, the first two are the worst. I think we can, yeah. we can all say that. I guess maybe Prisoner of Azkaban is the best. Is, is that is that You're a good exactly answer? right on this? Yep. I just finished the second one, uh, and it's bad. Not it's as bad, bad as the bad. first one, but Prisoner of Azkaban, which is the third one, is the best. Good job, Ray. At least we agree on something. Okay, <laughs> let's get into some football stuff. A lot has happened in the last week. You know, in last week's episode, Evan and I discussed why you need to draft Alfred Morris. At that time, Alfred that Morris, out. yeah, was 
for me, a 16th round selection instead of drafting a kicker. And we talked about him in that way. Evan was even taking him much sooner than that. Then we get on the final carry of practice, Jarek McKinnon tearing his ACL. So now without the 49ers signing anyone, without them claiming anyone on waivers, Alfred Morris Ray seems to be locked into that primary role um, at running back with Matthew Breida, who's also coming off injury, filling in in that Tevin, Tevin Coleman possible role. So, Ray, where are you in this backfield? Well, I mean, I think it's a pretty easy answer is that Alfred Morris is the number one addition if he's available in your league. He's only available in 44% of Yahoo leagues, which is a bit surprising. Um, I know he has been drafted more often in the last couple of weeks, with especially coming off of that week three preseason performance. So I guess it's not that surprising, but he is out there still in 44% of Yahoo leagues, at least when I checked on Sunday night. So he is out there. And if, if he's there, you have to go get him. Carlos Hyde had 240 carries and 88 targets a season ago. That target number is probably not attainable for Morris. He's had, I believe his career high in catches is 17 in the NFL. So yeah, that's not going to happen, but he could certainly be a 250 carry back in a, pretty what we think we what we think will be a pretty good offense that that's someone that absolutely has to be added in every league but it's important not to overlook Matt Breida I mean you look at what he did at the end of last year he was averaging 11 touches a game over the final five weeks those are the the Jimmy Garoppolo games and like I said with Morris he's not going to be as involved in the passing game as Carlos Hyde was last year Carlos Hyde wasn't good in the passing game last year, but he was still getting those targets. I don't even think Morris is going to get those. He He's played with Shanahan before, and Shanahan didn't give him those targets. So there's a chance that Breida comes out of this with, with a much larger role in the passing game mm-hmm. than we expected him to have with McKinnon. And if that's the case, then, I mean, he needs to be rostered in all leagues as well. Can I ask you a few difficult questions? Go for it. So with people that have fab dollars, right? Yeah. If that's how you pronounce it. People that ha- acquire on their fantasy teams players through how mo- a certain amount of money that they can spend throughout the year. How much would you allocate to an Alfred Morris? 90%? Six, just I don't, I wouldn't go that high. 60% is was where I, in fact, I have put in that bid in a couple leagues. So 60% is where I am with the understanding that I see it. I thought you might think that was high. So 90%, I'd like to hear your rationale on that in a second, but the understanding here is Players that you get at the beginning of the year are much more valuable than players that you get at the end of the year because you have them for longer. Now, perhaps it doesn't work out and perhaps you're kind of strapped for fab dollars the rest of the way. But if you can get Alfred Morris, a top 24 running back for the entire year, that is much more valuable than whichever top 24 running back you can get in week seven or week eight or whatever. So I think you should spend a large amount. I don't know if I go to 90, but certainly more than half of your fab dollars to get him. Like, why not? What are you waiting on? Well, because there are going to be other options. We don't know if they're going to add anybody else. We don't know if Matt Breida just fits better because of his ability in the passing game. There's a lot of unknowns here. We're going into it assuming that Alfred Morris is going to be a 250 carry back. But that's a that's still an assumption. That really is still an assumption. So I, I am wary of spending that much knowing that there are going to be other opportunities throughout the year. Knowing that, I mean... Adrian Peterson is out there in league still, and he's someone that I would spend a, a good chunk of fab dollars on as well. So that that would be my one concern. Well, the train's going by for Alfred Morrison. We know that's a good sign. By the way, <laughs> this this might just show how much I've forgotten about the 2017 season, but I was amazed to look back and see that Alfred Morris had 115 carries last year. Yeah, um, And then I was able to look up this number. 31 of those carries were up the middle. 
and he averaged 6.4 yards per carry on those runs, which actually led the NFL last year. Um, there was a slightly better offensive line he was behind, you have to say. Yeah, but I will say this. like, It's not like the 49ers have a scrub offensive line. Maybe no, not guard sure center not. Yeah. guard. It's it's not quite as good. But they've shorted up this offseason for sure. Um, and as Evan said, he was born, Alfred Morris, to play in a Kyle Shanahan <laughs> system. Um, yeah, that that's true for sure. Another difficult question for you, Ray. You mentioned Adrian Peterson. Where would you draft Alfred Morris for those who might be drafting on a Tuesday night? on a Wednesday night ahead of the Thursday kickoff. To me, I look at like that Chris Carson range, that Peyton Barber, Adrian Peterson range and throw Alfred Morris's name in that hat as well. See, that's, this is so funny that you would go higher on him in fab dollars and then lower there, but much lower there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm drafting him after Lamar Miller. Wow. I'm drafting him after Jay Ajahi. I'm, I'm high because it, it, there's a drop off after that range, depending on who you put at the the bottom of that range. For me, it's kind of like Dion Lewis there. I, I'm not as high on March on Lynch because I'm worried about, I'm worried about the Raiders just being stupid. And so I'm, I'm not as high, but once you get past those guys into the kind of the Jamal Williamses of the world, then it's nothing but questions. Anyway, I would take him ahead of Tevin Coleman. I've taken him ahead sure. of Carlos Hyde. I take him ahead of, all of those guys. So I, I think that he is he's quite a bit higher than that. So it is funny how that, that kind of difference is there. Uh, okay. And you mentioned a lot of Matt Breida. It's not like Matt Breida just sits by the wayside now. Uh, Matt Breida is an explosive playmaker. And Matt Breida can do some fun stuff with the football in his hands. And I would expect Cal Shanahan and company to put him in a situation to succeed uh, as well. So it'll be, it'll be very, very fun to watch that backfield that, you know, we what seemed to be locked up since March to now having question marks and maybe someone who was, you know, plucked off the street a couple weeks ago to now leading it in carries. Let's talk about the the Pittsburgh backfield, Ray, because we're recording this on a Monday, Labor Day. You're welcome. And Le'Veon Bell did not arrive to practice today, the first practice of the opening week. So enter James Conner, question mark. And James Conner, Ray, who to me has looked very, very good this preseason and greatly improved since his rookie season. Yeah, and if you just looked at his rushing numbers, you might not think that. But if you actually watched him play, it, it has been it has been really impressive for him. I I think that he I want to start off here and say I think he needs to be added in all leagues and all formats because we don't know what's going to happen. But I will say I worry I think he's going to be overvalued, especially in fab systems like we just talked about simply because I can't imagine Le'Veon Bell giving up a game check. Right. I just can't imagine that happening. It doesn't make any sense for him to do that. He can't, he can't gain anything from holding out week one because the Steelers literally are not allowed to give him a long-term contract. He gains nothing from it except losing money. So I don't think that that's going to happen. There is a small possibility that maybe he reports on Saturday and forces their hand and says, well, I, I didn't practice at all this week, so you can't play him. In that case, then James Conner would be a, easily a top 20 running back. I don't know quite how high you would put him, but easily a top 20 running back. So I think he needs to be added in all leagues. I'm not going to go crazy with it because I just, I and perhaps I'm misjudging it, but I can't imagine Le'Veon Bell giving up a game check. Right. Now the question, you know, has a different tone to it if he doesn't show up for practice on a Wednesday, right? Yes, absolutely. But, but the other part of this is, okay, he does show up to practice on Wednesday. He does play in their first game. 
but then we're not exactly sure of the workload. I mean, enter last year and Le'Veon Bell was a workhorse his, his first week. But again, he was already at practice during this time. That's a question mark that, you know, we can speculate on if we want to. It's probably not worth speculating on. Uh, if Le'Veon Bell suits up, then you're playing him. It's basically as simple as that. And he only had 13 touches in that first game last year. And you, so you think, oh, well, maybe Connor got a lot of work. Connor had four carries. So right. if Bell is active, then Connor's, you're just not going to be able to use him. And speaking of James Connor and Le'Veon Bell, guess what? Listen up. You need to try my favorite fantasy football out. It is Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. You heard us talk about draft all summer with best ball leagues, but guess what? Now you get week-to-week games on draft. You play in the live snake draft with other people, just like in your season-long leagues, and here is how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one week, and there is no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, and drafts start every couple of minutes so you can join one right now. And the best part Play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. And now there's an even an option to do auction drafts. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on Draft.com, whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. Again, that's a free entry, but you have to go to draft.com slash rotoworld or use promo code Norris. That's right. Play a real money game for free for using promo code Norris on your first deposit. Oregon draft.com slash rotoworld. Just search draft in the app store or go to draft.com and come play for free. Do you want to talk about the Colts backfield, Ray? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because it Marlon Mack did not practice on Monday. It looks like he's going to miss this week. And this is one of those situations where we really have no idea what to expect. It looks like Jordan Wilkins, our boy Jordan Wilkins, at least my boy Jordan Wilkins. I like him. Is yeah, I, I thought you did. I, I couldn't I didn't want to I didn't want to you know, kind of make mouth. you Yeah, put words in your mouth, make you defend a player. But I, I think he's pretty good. But he we think he's going to start, but even if he starts, you would say all right, this is probably going to be a committee situation. They have Naeem Hines there. Even after that disastrous preseason, we'd expect him to be involved. They have Christine Michael there, you know, the, the ghost of fantasy football seasons pass who, who will never, <laughs> ever go away. So it's a committee situation. The Colts haven't been able to run the ball all preseason. I think this Bengals defense, especially their front, is vastly underrated. So I, I want to get excited about Wilkins because I, I liked him. I had him higher than most people in dynasty rankings, but I, I just can't because I don't think you can, I don't think you can be certain of his workload. And I don't think that you can be certain that they can run the ball well enough for him to be anything more than like a five or six point player in standard leagues. Uh, from one question mark backfield to another Ray, you sent me LeGarrette Blunt's name. I know LeGarrette Blunt in his final preseason performance got a ton of run with the first team. But then when you look back at the percentages of the backfield when it was played, it was like 28, 26, 23, 20%. I don't know if that math adds up, but it was something like that. So LeGarrette Blunt, Ray, is he worth an add in any type of league? Yeah, he he should be rostered. He's the starting running back for the t- for a, a team. Like, like I don't so, really understand this. So okay, by starter, sure. What do you mean by starter? 
I mean by starter, the guy who gets the ball first, the guy who's going to finish with the most carries, and certainly Ooh. the guy who is going to who is going to get the work at the goal line. I'm going to say this, and I've I've said this now for several weeks, and I mean it. Garrett Blunt is a better redraft fantasy asset than Carry On Johnson, and it is absolutely absurd their AD, mm. the way their ADPs are split. It doesn't make any sense. Even if LeGarrette Plunt is not the guy that gets the most carries in between the 20s, he's definitely going to be the guy that gets the touchdowns. And if you have a backfield split the way that that backfield looks like it's going to be, the only one that's going to have any value is the one getting the touchdowns. Carryon Johnson is being vastly overdrafted based on everything we've seen in the preseason. Now, maybe, perhaps, you say, all right, Carryon Johnson, I think he's a very good player, and I think that he's going to take over this backfield. Well, he didn't in the preseason. In fact, he didn't to an extent that they decided to keep Amir Abdullah. Like, that's where we are right now. So so maybe the, I, maybe I look stupid in three weeks um, and certainly wouldn't be the first time. Boy, but from everything – fair enough. But everything we've seen this preseason says LeGarrette Blunt is the, is the lead back in that backfield and is going to get the work at the goal line. That's the person I would rather have on my fantasy team. I uh, just remember listening back to the Lions post-draft and in free agency. They talked about the reason why they added LeGarrette Blunt and Carrion Johnson was because when they needed to gain a yard or they needed to gain three yards to continue their drive, they just could not do it last year. Um, and yeah, I mean, Carrion Johnson in the vein of Amir Abdullah, not exactly the same way, but in the vein, had a great first preseason performance and I think that that might be clouding us a little bit because after that, it wasn't, you know, as spectacular as it was that week one. Um, and LeGarrette Blunt, there is a reason that he's on the team. There's a reason that they signed him. And there's a reason and a role he has been successful in the past with the relationships he has on that team already. So I, I would not be surprised if what you are saying turns out to be the truth, Ray. Um, okay. You sent me a whole bunch of wide receiver names. You sent me Mike Wallace. You sent me Keelan Cole. You sent me John Brown. Ray, does this just speak to the receiver position as a whole? Because um, whenever I'm drafting, I'm surely happy with receivers I get in round four, round five, round six. And you're mentioning names here who I would gladly draft, who apparently are still available in some leagues as well. Yeah, John Brown is rostered in 16% of Yahoo leagues right now, um, which Ooh. I don't understand that at all either. But that kind of points to how absurdly deep wide receiver is this year. It's just absurdly deep. I have 11 names, I believe on my, on my list. There are 15 or so more that I, that I mentioned in the watch list. There's just an absurd number of receiver names that are available on the waiver wire. And that's going to remain the case unless we have a, an out, an unbelievable string of injuries that is going to remain the case all season. That's just how deep wide receiver is right now. What that means is you have no business keeping someone like Mohamed Sanu on the back of your roster because that person is going to exist. If you, for some reason, need a starter like that to fill in, that person is going to exist on the wire. You have you do not need to keep that person on the back of your bench. Who you should be targeting are people like John Brown. We know with the injury history, we know how that kind of derailed his career in Arizona, but we also know that before that, he looked like he was going to be one of the better receivers in the league. Baltimore situation, you know, we think Michael Crabtree is the number one, but John Brown has has been getting all of the praise so far in the preseason. I, I think that that's somebody that you add. Somebody like Keelan Cole obviously needs to be added. Someone like Mike Wallace, who, you know, I, I imagine the Eagles are 
really excited that they traded in Torrey Smith for Mike Wallace now that Alshon Jeffrey is going to miss at least the first couple games. Nelson Aguilar is probably going to be the number one target in the in the receiver core, but Mike Wallace is going to be that number one option on the outside, and you think he's going to get a lot of work. And by the way, he hasn't been bad the last couple of years. He kind of got stuck in a bad situation in Baltimore, but he hasn't been bad. So guys like that, guys like Michael Gallup, John Ross, Tyler Lockett, those are the people who should be on the back of your bench because those guys actually have the upside to be weekly top 24 options. And I think that's what you should be looking for. This makes me think of a few names that I, I believe people should be monitoring, maybe not necessarily picking up right now. I have them on deep leagues, but you know, it just depends on who's available in your league for you to pick up or not. Um, two names, Ray, Danny Amendola and Cortland yeah. Sutton. Um, Absolutely. Kind of for opposite reasons. <laughs> Like Danny Amendola, not to say consistency is the word, but we just know that 290 targets are available for the Dolphins, and a lot of those are coming out of the slot. And guess where Danny Amendola is playing while healthy for Miami? That is in the slot. And then Cortland Sutton for an opposite reason in terms of if we're looking for ceiling plays, guys on the outside, especially with touchdown potential with Manuel Sanders working in the slot now, Cortland Sutton could emerge. I know he didn't make a lot of plays during the preseason, but if you monitor training camp notes, which, you know, give or take if you should or not. Um, Cortland Sutton made a lot of plays, and it seems like he is not entrenched as a starter, but will be at least playing a number of snaps early on for the Broncos. So, Ray, those are two names for me that I'll be watching during the early weeks of the season. And I want to make a point about Amendola is you might not think of him as kind of like that quote-unquote upside receiver, but the role that he's currently occupying is one that Jarvis Landry rode to 292 targets total over the last two seasons. They're... The target upside there is just immense. And I don't think I don't think anybody thinks that Amendola is going to reach those heights, but you could see him getting seven to eight targets a game. But and you mentioned those guys. I mean, literally the list is is endless. Chris Godwin, Anthony Miller, yeah. Taewon Taylor, DD Westbrook, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, hey, Calvin know, Ridley, you know Josh Thompson, Paul Richardson. Is DJ Moore. DJ Moore should not be drafted, in my opinion, right now, right? Well, I don't think he should be drafted either because he's just not there. I mean, exactly. he's playing behind. Jerry is right, but it, would you be surprised if by week 10 no. he was in this conversation? Totally. I, I totally know what you're saying. Um, yeah. yeah, and and so I guess right now, and this is a much larger conversation and maybe has no real answer to it, but exactly what you're saying, I think alluding to, that a player like Amendola who has somewhat of a floor, somewhat of a role carved out in, is the one to me that should be being drafted over someone like DJ Moore. I would say over DJ Moore, but I wouldn't say over. See, I, I, I wouldn't it's say kind over of a Chris tricky, Godwin because I think Chris Godwin's an absolute stud. It's kind of you know give say, or take but, piece by piece for each one of these names. Yeah, that's kind of funny. I would say over Chris Godwin because we don't know the role. Like I think I look at it always as: do they actually have a path to targets? Yeah. And maybe Chris Godwin does. Maybe I'm under under appreciating that path. I just don't think so. As much as they want to call him a starter. Deshaun Jackson is still there. They still have two tight ends. Uh, Adam Humphreys is, was still getting tar- was still getting um, snaps in the in the preseason. I, I don't think that path is maybe as as wide as we we'd like to hope it was. So if there's a real path to targets, then you take them over someone like Amendola. If there's not, then maybe someone like Amendola or Quincy Anunua or Ryan Grant maybe they're a little more interesting. So it, it's really a case by case situation. But if if they're an, an upside player that does have a path to targets, if they're John Ross then yeah, you have to take those guys over the kind of those floor plays. 
Uh, you can check out all of that information and more in Ray's waiver column. It's up on Road right now. And we'll be back. Well, Ray will be back in the middle of the week with another podcast. I'll be back on Friday with a podcast with Evan and Pat. Again, thank you all for subscribing. If you are enjoying this podcast at all, be sure to leave a rating review and just tell a friend. Just spread the word of the most important podcast in the universe. Ray, thanks a lot. And to all of you out there, we'll talk to you all soon. See ya. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 